Welcome back to Ranking Things with Levi. I am Levi. This was such a fun episode. Um, did this with Sam Taylor, uh, ranking 90s songs. Wanted to really give a shout out and thank you, Sam, for uh, driving about an hour to meet with me at this restaurant we were at and um, had a total blast doing this with you. Um, because it is live and because of definitely a microphone mistake on my part, uh, there is not a microphone on Sam. You can hear him very well because we are close at a, at a table there. Um, but obviously the levels are totally unfair between myself and Sam, which is too bad because he's way more funny and interesting than I am. Um, but anyways, I think you can still make it out. So apologies again. Um, I am not a technical genius, but uh, but still enjoy doing this and I think it's still worth a listen. Um, but anyways, uh, so, so that's that. Um, Sam made a pretty deep call for his number one song, which you'll see. Uh, real real deep cut. Other than that, I think we hit most of the 90s highlights. Uh, if you have other thoughts, um, I really enjoyed getting the, vo the feedback and the voicemails. So if you want to send me a voicemail for this episode, I think I will do a, if I get, if I get enough, I'll do a voicemails episode um, for 90s songs. So if you have any, just any response, anything, any outrage or songs you feel like we missed or, or you think we made any good points, which is, would be a surprise, um, then please send them in. Uh, so yeah, here is uh, ranking things, ranking 90s songs with Sam Taylor, live and in person outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Tonight, I am live in somewhere in Ohio. Call it Cleveland. With Sam Taylor, Cleveland greater area with my dear friend Sam Taylor. As an introduction, I've actually been getting uh, people telling me I need to do a better job in introductions. Well, here's the thing. Sam Taylor's a friend of mine. We've known each other for 10 plus years, maybe 15 years. 15 years, 2004. Most important thing is we have the exact same birthday. Do you remember figuring, finding that out for the first time? Like how that I felt? I do remember that. It was on Zanga we found it out. And what did that feel like when you found out that you had someone, there was someone else in your life that we were the same, basically. We were detached at some point. It, it was, it was a pretty crazy feeling to think about how you know like like similar origins it's, it's you know like it's, it, we've gone in you know different directions but stay the same in a lot of ways and, and, it's, and it's funny seeing our lives kind of mirror each other and I think and it, it tied us together because it's like look like we are we are twins in a way we're rel yeah, we are really much. relatives I mean, I mean, beyond spiritual brothers this is something there's a there's a there's a physical connection there has to be there is and i think it's important to note that i am the older one in this matter oh, okay. yeah i was i, was born I don't at, remember that i was born at 3 10 in the morning so I oh was, got I, me I, I am the older but if i recall my scripture correctly it's the younger that normally gets the blessing that's true that's true that's a good point uh so we've been uh friends for a long time um uh, I, I, again, I, I forget. I don't. I, you, if you ask me the city name of where we are, I don't know. If you ask me the restaurant name, it would take me a second to figure out. But we are live. Well, it, it is on the. Oh, oh, Oak, Oak and Embers Tavern. Uh, we are live at a uh, at a restaurant, and that's why there's some background noise. But it's nice being face to face with you instead of on the phone. Absolutely. And uh, and now we are going to rank '90s songs. This is another reason why you are worthy of this uh, of this show. It is you are actually uh, someone with experience at an open mic, so you will do a ukulele, uh, a ukulele performance at an open mic. You're known to in your past. I'm not saying you're currently on tour, but you know I, I have done it recently. Actually, as recently as December, I was doing open mic performances. But a lot of times, I'd 
go into like the the, the songs from the '90s or the '80s, and yep. you know, and and a lot of times, you know, taking a song from that era and stripping it down to its bare roots, you know, it, it brings up an element of nostalgia and yeah. it gives a new uh, gives a new twist on a performance. It's bare ukulele roots. It is bare ukulele roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm excited. You're you're a man of, of, of a knowledge of many many things, but but I would say '90s songs and music in general is is one of is definitely one of your strengths. It's definitely one of my strengths. I mean, it does help that I have. 10 years of experience of having lived in the 90s. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah, I, it, it certainly helps to have that credential going for me. Yeah. And, and, I mean, if we can face it, I mean, I think this is a sort of a, it's a benefit and a challenge of people in the 90s that a lot of times, you know, the things that we experience in the 90s and the nostalgia for things we have in the 90s ends up being a placeholder for personality traits. Right. <laughs> like, instead of, like, bonding over, like, morals and values, we bond over Hey Dude and Transformers and Weezer, which right. I'm perfectly fine with, for the record. I have no qualms with it at this point. <laughs> yeah, we, again, we were born on this exact same day, so we, we went through the same uh, pop culture at that time, you know, which, which develops us for what we are. For better um, or worse. For better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> However we are here today. Um, but yeah, th- talk more about '90s music in general. What uh, what sticks out to you as a general theme? Let's say a big, big theme in '90s music. I think I'm, I'm going to bring up a phrase that actually came up a little bit later at the end of the dot com era of economics because okay. um, um, the uh, the chair of the Federal Reserve, Alan Greenspan, he one time gave a speech and he was talking about the uh, the. He was talking about the he was talking about the enthusiasm for online companies. Okay. Because that was when the dot com bubble was, you know, like really booming, and all these tech companies were up and running and really trying to uh, right. sprout up in popularity. And he came up with this phrase called irrational exuberance. Irrational exuberance, interesting. It, I, I like that phrase, irrational exuberance, because I think it kind of ties into a lot of what underlines the big themes of the 1990s okay. because underneath the uh, you know you, you have like a lot of very happy pop sounding songs from the 1990s it's a very bright sounding decade it's, yeah and and but underneath that you still have like these underlying problems that aren't being addressed you have this underlying like tension that's going on unheard yeah and uh, but it but it's all kind of like layered on with this happy facade yeah yeah uh, for the bright music of the 1990s so I think irrational exuberance is what I would say would be like the theme of the 90s yeah I think there's an there's a there's an interesting almost not optimism but curiosity about the future too because that you know that the 1999 like the year 2000 you know possible tech crash or whatever the, the economy doing doing really well like everyone's wondering what is the next millennia about right and i think that that also is a feeling i get just this it's kind of like you're saying like a positivity but also just a curiosity and then a actually on the total flip side of that well i guess that as as there always is in pop music is kind of like a uh, laissez-faire like whatever let's just party like some of these songs we're gonna say <laughs> some of these songs that we're gonna quote because it's a it's a sure we don't know what the future is about but you know we're here now let's have a dance yeah there is definitely like a live it up sort of thing i mean i think it was back in the 80s even when a song came out like let's party like it's 1999 right I mean, people were on top of that on yes. january 1st 1990 and i don't blame them man an underlying theme of uh when we when both of us are doing the research for this because we've been working on this episode for a couple months by the way i've been i've been we've i've had this targeted this live interview with Sam Taylor for a while uh, so we've, we've had some time to prepare uh, how big of a music year 1999 was too is, is pretty stunning too it 
really, yeah, I mean, 99 was a pretty big music year going into 2000, because there was a lot of stuff where, you know, songs that I was considering at to go on my list. We were even just talking about before we uh, went live with the episode. One song where we were not sure whether or not it was in the 90s or 2000, because the decade kind of blends. There's that, there's like that 98 to 2000 gap, like era where yeah. you're really not sure kind of what came up when. That's true. Not sure what qualifies in a decade. Yeah, I think there's an early, middle, and late '90s like subgroups, which we could even do a top five of those little subgroups. But but no, we're not doing that. But I'm saying the uh, <laughs> we're just doing the top five of the '90s. All right, so let's um, unless you have any other thoughts, we can, let's get into it. No, I say we dive right, right in. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do five to one top five '90s songs. We'll keep our uh, we'll keep our honorable mentions for after because I've got a list. I've got a, a huge oh, list I've, on I've that. I've got a pretty one. decent list myself. Um and uh, but but right now we'll get into uh, five to one. Uh, 90 songs, and, and whenever you're ready, you shoot first. Oh, yeah. Um, so so I think when you're looking at top... So I remember when we first uh, started discussing this, we kind of had different ideas of what... The, uh, what the top, what our top five was going to look at. I, I, if, I, if I remember, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think yours was more um, from a subjective, personal perspective, and I think I was looking at mine from not, you know, not just like personal preference, but there was also an element of the size of the song, yeah, influence yeah, like, of the song, like the sure. Influence and the impact of the song as well, which affected okay. a lot of my. Um, which, which affect a lot of my picks. And you'll notice that some of ours, you know, Levi, I think you and I have very similar taste in music. That's true. Um, and we have similar taste in most things, I would say. We do. And we are I, twins. Yeah, we are twins, so that does help. Yeah. Um, but, so, when, when I was thinking about my top five, I, I would have been remiss when I talked about influence of the 1990s to not include a song that had uh, boy band influence. Okay. So when I chose that, and, and, and of course when you talk about boy band influence, you're looking at the you know the classic battle of the 1990s, which is and sync for Backstreet Boys. It has to be. It has be. to yeah. be. Yeah. I mean that's that's really what you're looking at. I mean you can go once the early 2000s comes around, then you got like O Town and all the ripoffs. Yeah. 98 degrees yeah, and all yeah. them. But but yeah, I mean Backstreet Boys and sync. Who's your battle going to be? And I kind of had to dive back and look at. What was the first major song that came out okay. that, I, that okay. I can remember? Yep. And that song that came out was actually Quit Playing Games by the Backstreet Boys. Okay. And I, I think we agreed to do like a little... Yeah, do a little sample. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. We're each going to sing a part. So here we go. Yes. Quit playing games with my heart. My heart. My heart. I should have known from the start. You should have known, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so your number five is uh, quit, quit playing, playing games, games by, by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, but the Backstreet Boys! I even got that wrong. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's a little shameful, but I'll I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to, I'll try to get over it. All right, my number five is All Star by Smash Mouth, released in 1999. Hey now, you're an all star. Get your game on. Go play. And by the way. Stunning one hit. I mean, do you call them a one hit wonder because their second hit was a cover well, their in the first, early 2000s? Well, their first hit was actually before that, Walking on the Sun from their album that came out before. Yeah, I question if that reached if that reached any high levels. It's a good song. But you know what? I, 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 I remember it. I mean, I, I, I would definitely call them like 
like they were definitely I mean their one album was a breakout success yes. I think they've yeah. definitely faded out with yeah. that yeah um, but that all star song is just so good I mean that, remember how huge that was we were 12 when that came out that was like the the perfect 12 year old song yeah, so, and, and it's funny Buddy once told me the world is I mean, gonna it's, it's roll me it's great because it has meme status even yes. today like oh, yeah. still like make videos like Smash Mouth but it's actually John Denver's Take Me Home Country Road oh. <laughs> and, um, and, and you know they'll do all these meme things with it because very it, classic um, you know and, and it's funny because I think a lot of people associate All Star with the movie Shrek Right, uh, but it was actually the movie Mystery Men. A, a highly underrated movie. Highly underrated movie. William H Macy, Ben Stiller, uh, Jeffrey Rush was in. It was a, it was a fantastic. I just act. heard actually an interview with Ben Stiller on a different podcast. This is very random because I don't listen to a lot of like entertainment related things. But he said Mystery Men was a movie that he he had made. Um, he, I think he, he's friends with the director and basically he was flexing after like having a bunch of hit movies and he wanted to make Mystery Men I mean it was a massive flop but I think it holds up I think it's hilarious oh, I, I, I think it, it definitely qualifies as a cult classic and there's a lot of things which show up which um, when, when you look at it on a, like if you watch it for the first time like if you go watch it now you'll see things which you didn't realize for example uh, I, last time I watched Mystery Men it was about three years ago at my friend's house down in Akron about an hour south of where we're recording okay here. yep and we watched Mystery Men, and I noticed that there was somebody in the, uh, as an extra, that I recognized. And I was like, that's CeeLo Green. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I looked up the end credits for that. Sure and it enough. Turns out, yep, CeeLo Green was an extra in Mystery Men. And wow. then, like, ten years later, he, he ended up having his own uh, independent fame. Hilarious. You're number four. My number four. Okay. All right. Going to my number four. So, um, when I'm looking at my number four, I'm thinking about um, not only did you have the, the, the boy bands as your uh, one of your big influences in the 1990s, but you also had a lot of uh, female singer-songwriters. Right, Britney Spears. I don't <laughs> think she wrote her songs. Okay. <laughs> um, but, it, but, I mean, one of my honorable mentions, which we'll get into our extensive list later, she didn't make the cut was Shania Twain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she did not make the cut for me, which could tell you that if I'm talking about something else, someone much more influential and such, someone much more topical to the 1990s it would be the artist Jewel. Yes, Jewel, yeah. Jewel, way, uh, way more nice. Or Fiona Apple. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean Jewel was fantastically talented. I, I don't know why she's not coming out with music today, to be honest with you. It's probably because she's super rich. Well, I mean, yeah, she's probably coasting on, like, two or three of her songs which she wrote, which were just absolutely phenomenal. And um, the, the so my number four song is You Were Meant For Me by Jewel. Okay. Uh, which you might remember this song. It, it, it's, again, one of those songs where you hear it and it instantly goes back in your head. Do you remember where you were as a yeah, yeah, yeah. child or 20 years younger person? Um, <laughs> Dreams last for so long, even after you're gone. I know you love me, and soon you will see. Beautiful, beautiful. Love it. I, yeah, love, I, I love the soul. I, I love mean, the soul. I, I get into it. My eyes close. I start waving. I mean, I. <laughs> I mean, my, my inner white girl just comes <laughs> just right Just really out comes right out. That's wonderful. That's your number four. My number four is No Scrubs by TLC. I don't want no scrubs. Scrub is a guy that can't get no loving from me. Working on the passenger side of your best friend's ride. Trying to holler at me. So... 
uh, TLC and hip hop in general really came to mainstream by the end of the 90s. I think it has a rise. And then yeah. if, if we did 2000 songs, which uh, you, you have to pick multiple hip hop songs because that that is that became what kind of pop music is. Oh yeah, and, it, it and, definitely transformed yeah. that for sure. And No Scrubs is like the the the, the a seminal moment, I think, in, in kind of the development of, well, of uh, R&B hip-hop. When you think about TLC, I mean, as they came up, you know, like an, a, another female R&B band kind of started coming up after them and right. actually eclipsed them. Absolutely, Destiny's the, Child. Destiny's yeah. Child, of yeah. course, yeah. No, you know, they, they followed after TLC, yeah. after Salt and Pepper. you right, know. Right, 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 right. There's um, a line there. But No Scrubs was transcendent. Like, that was a massive song and oh. sticks around and is still... Like, that is a classic. That's why I'm standing by oh, it. Oh, entirely, yeah. Right. And, it's, and it's definitive of the age, so I mean, a worthy inclusion for sure. Yeah. Your number three. Uh, my number three was a bit of a tough one. Uh, we, originally, was my when we were first discussing this, this was my number two. Okay. Um, but what ended up happening is um, I, I bumped it down to my number three upon further review. Um, we were talking about the irrational exuberance of the 1990s, but underneath that, we were talking about that sort of, that depressive sort of, like, reality of, like, the inherent inequality and inherent, like, you know, things aren't going my way sort of thing. And, um, in, and that's kind of like where, the, like, I think a lot of the grunge rock comes from, yep, from, yep, the, from, yep. the, from the very early 90s. You know, you could say, you know, Nirvana would be the band that I choose here. Um, I thought about choosing Weezer, but uh, I, I feared, I, I neglected to put Weezer on here for fear of bias. Uh, I've got, I've got one on there. That, that's a change I made. But, but anyways, what's, but it's, what's, it's, it's all right. I mean, I mean we're, we're okay with it. I mean, I mean, I, I just want to be fully clear about my yep. biases. I love Weezer. Right, right, right. Uh, but I would have to say that my number three song was Creep by oh, Radiohead. Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because I think that because I, I looked it up because they were they came out Creep came out before Buddy Holly. Okay. And it came out before another song which I highly considered, which was Loser by Beck. I don't yep. know if you remember that. One. Oh. Yeah, Loser's a beautiful song. It, it, it was almost in my honorable holds up, mention. This holds up, has, yeah. Yeah, it holds up very well. Um, but, you know, I'm a uh. I'm a weirdo. Oh, yeah. What the hell am I doing here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't belong here. Yes. That's fantastic. That has one of the great guitar come-ins. So, I don't know, like, when the guitar enters that song with, yeah. the, with the mutes, the kitchen. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. It's, um, it's an awesome song and, and definitely is my number three because of it coming earlier and I yeah. think having an influence upon the songs that came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. The self-loathing. That, that, like you're kind of talking about the... Uh, yeah, the insecurity that, that kind of came to head in the '90s with the uh, with the garage. Yeah, it started rock. with grunge, and then you know, right, it, right, you right. know, it, it kind of developed its own different. You know, right. it, it became hard rock, and it became emo, and it became yep. a lot of different things in the 2000s. Held through, yeah, 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 yeah. But you kind of see what its oranges were, its gritty, yes. yep. in its gritty roots. Right. So my number three is is uh, Buddy Holly by Weezer. Okay. Yeah. Um, ooh, wee, ooh, I look just like Buddy Holly. Oh, oh, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. I love the... Well, I'm really putting it in there for the whole album. The Blue Album is so perfect. I just... I've been listening to it a lot with the baby. Like, like, like... I saw your Instagram story. Oh, with man. Yeah, and it's amazing that you're doing that. Just track one through ten um, is just gorgeous. And uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic album. Um, but, but yeah, Buddy Holly is, has been, always been my favorite song on there. I think it, it never makes anybody sad. Like, you play that song at a wedding now. It's still very popular. I, I thought considered including the sweater song 
Um, yeah, Weezer, I think, is the definition of nerd rock, I think, and also like kind of garage band nerd rock that, that came alive in the 90s and is really held through to like kind of you're saying like emo today. Um, it was really one of the forefathers there. Kind of that punk-ish, but, but punk silly and punk punk feelings. Right, and I mean, they kind of had like a very similar sound. They, they, had, a, they had a similar sound to Weezer in some... Uh, not Weezer, to, to Green Day, rather, in some ways. Um, but yeah, um, Weezer is fantastic. They, um, Buddy Holly's on my honorable mentions. Uh, and we're talking about the influence which, uh, which, which kind of molded my top five. Um, the reason why I thought it's so influential is because the, the music video for Buddy Holly, which uh, was sort of a it, it was sort of a fall into the Happy Days. I don't know if you remember the music video. Or it was like it took place yeah, yeah, at Arnie's yeah, yeah. restaurant, in Happy yep, Days. Yep, yep. And um, it, 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 that was included with every installation disc of Windows 95. How do you know that? awesome because i know buddy Holly. yeah it's beautiful and, you, know, when you know the 19th i mean when you know the 90s you just kind of know that's like something that came with it and i mean it was played in all of its low bit glory yeah 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 i mean i'm surprised it didn't like play on like a midi file or something like that <laughs> you know but um it was i mean like yeah in terms of its influence it got on my honorable mentions list because as i said to to avoid the appearance of bias but too much bias yeah, yeah. And, and but but i mean now that you've said that it's on your number three i mean i love this thing love song. it love it's it great perfect okay what's your number two all right my number two uh we were talking about this and it was one of those things that came up in the like what year did it actually come up in um and i had to say as soon as it came up it's like well okay that's that's honest on that list it's one week by bare naked ladies oh yes yeah Chicken in China, the Chinese chicken. chicken. You have, have a, a drumstick, drumstick and your brain, brain starts, starts ticking. ticking. Watching that file with the lights on. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and, no, and, no <laughs> and everybody just fades off with that. Like, there's a couple of songs <laughs> I can do, but I, I just cannot get one. You can't do Chicken to China to Chinese chicken. I, I mean, I can get the Chicken to China to Chinese chicken, but yeah. everything after that, it's just kind of like, it, it's a gradual decline, and then I just start kind of, <laughs> yeah, like, I just... Make up for my lack of knowing the words with enthusiasm and head bobbing. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> but, so talk I mean, more about that song. What's that song mean? That song is irrational exuberance sort of at its peak. And it's nonsense. It is it nonsensical. Doesn't, it doesn't really... It, there's, there's not a whole lot going... Like, there's not really a moral to the story. It's right, just like... Right. Like, he laughs at funerals. He gets rug burns on his knees. Um, yeah. He likes sushi, I think. I mean, like, <laughs> there, there's really not like a whole lot that you can like gain from this person's life. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And that song is catchy, and I think yeah. that is kind of the '90s. Yeah, yeah. We don't. I, I don't think. I don't think either of us have REM or uh, or uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers on our list. Both no. big '90s rock bands with meaningless lyrics, right? It's an interesting comparison. Except there. under the bridge. But even the verses are nonsensical. But yeah, it, I mean, yeah, Red, it's a, it, it, yeah. There's obviously emotion in there. That's the poetry that Chili Peppers is. We're saying just words yeah. that sound nice together and convey an idea. But right, but the idea when you think about it just falls apart as soon right, as you. Right. It, it, it's it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that stuff that came out in the '90s. Do you remember that like that uh, that sand that you can build sculptures in the water, but then when you kind of like lifted it up out of the water, it turned into like, pure I dust. I don't remember that. Yeah, like, like okay, so like. If what about you, Gak? If, Let's talk about that. Like the well, uslessness of uh, well, of just. Gak, yeah. Gak is like a Nickelodeon thing. But I can't, uh -oh. I can't remember what this stuff is called. It's something. It's something sand. If you if you know what it is, I would say post it in the comments and yes. remind us what it is because yeah. I'm not gonna bother googling it. Yeah. But it's that sand that you can build sculptures with underwater. Right. But once you lifted it up, it just turned into pure powder, and that's pretty much a metaphor 
there for one week. You <laughs> think it holds up as a sculpture when you're looking at it, but as soon as you lift it up to examine it, it falls apart. It just completely falls apart. That's hilarious. So just let, let us know in the comments if you know what that song is. <laughs> so my number two is Wonderwall by Oasis. Uh, big fan of that song. Today is gonna be a day that I'm never gonna throw it back to you. Bye now. You should have somehow seemed like what you gotta do. I, um, I, I love that song, and I kind of love how it got like completely taken as like the got like the song that all guys with acoustic guitars. Oh have to yeah. Play. I had to learn it. Did you learn it? Oh, of course I had. Of to course learn we it. learned it. Uh, I mean, it's like anyway. Here's Wonderwall. It's pretty much just like a, right. a, an acoustic guitarist meme now. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, Wonderwall, it's an iconic '90s song released in 1995. Right in the middle of it, yep. So yep. I mean, I had, I've had plenty of time to like resonate, and it's kind of this, today. yeah, kind of this weird English uh, English uh, invasion that we had in the '90s. Uh, with not only that, not only kind of their rock music, but the, there was like that weird techno, the kind of techno, which we'll talk about. I have I have a couple in my uh, well, the kind of the dance too. music. I mean, that kind of came up too. That's a, yeah, like I mean, they kind of completed that British invasion. Of the, the British 90s. invasion of the '90s, right? That was my number one. What is your number one '90s song? Is that your number one? No, that was, no, that was my number two. two. Sorry, that's my number two. What is your number one 90s Okay, song? so my number one, I'm talking about influence, I'm talking about one-hit wonders, I'm talking about a song that, like, you hear it, and it screams 90s. Okay. And I had to think long and hard about this one, because, like, to decide, like, what the song of the 90s was. And, and that song of the 1990s is You Get What You Give by New Radicals. Wow, deep cut. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You get what you give. You you probably remember it. There was a point like in '98 or so. Let go. You got the music in you. One dance left. What's on? What year did that come out? You have that year oh, on that. Oh, um, you get what you give. I googled it so many times. The New Radicals. What a what a cut. That is a, that is a complete one hit wonder. They have kind of a uh, nonsensical rap at the end too. Dappa, dappa, something flying. Well, I mean, that's, that's sort of like your 1990s call out. Like, when you yeah. start listening to it, like, it talks about Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Yeah, Courtney Love and Marilyn and, and, Manson. And, and I remember there was actually an interview where Marilyn Manson was interviewed after that song. He said, I don't care that they name dropped me, but they name dropped me with Courtney Love in his <laughs> name sentence. I'm going to break his jaw. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, 1998 is when it came out. So, like, it, oh, had okay. a lot, it had a lot of great songs. Yeah. We got the Dreamers disease. Dreamers, great line, great line. 14. Yeah, it's just a phenomenal song, and that's the, that is irrational exuberance. You've got this really bright, happy-sounding song, but like all throughout the song are like littered like with the problems of the '90s, the right. struggles of the '90s. But there's still like this this irrational hope that things are gonna get better, and it's you know people hanging on in the face of all that. This it, the irrational exuberance. You get what you give. New radicals is my number, number one, one wow. song of the '90s. That's fascinating. So my number one is One Headlight by the Wallflowers. I think it is the most iconic 90s song. Um, I get a kick out of it. It's cold, it feels like Independence Day. Something, something can't get away from this parade. I love that song. Uh, hey, come on, try a little. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing's better, something's in the middle. So yeah, I love, I love One Headlight by the Wallflowers. Um, it's just a uh, another one-hit wonder, uh, classic like classic alt, alt like alternative, right? That that's really the, that's really the uh, the style of music that we had in the '90s that we don't have anymore, like the yeah, alternative, alternative rock. Yeah, rock was like a mid '90s to like early 2000s sort of thing. And right. Then, 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 then was rock also in became that. much more defined. I right. Think. Right. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, you could say that alt rock still kind of came around, like, and it you could say it met its logical conclusion with like Nickelback or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had singer songwriter kind of 
uh, more in the in the last two decades. But but, but I mean, like the lyrics are poignant, and I mean, as you and I talked about as an element of trivia, you know, the, the lead singer for the for yep. uh, the Wallflowers yep. is Jacob Dylan, who is a song uh, the, the son of Bob Dylan, Bob right? Dylan, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's my number one. Let's repeat our list. You go five to one, and, uh, and then I'll repeat mine, and then we can and we can talk about our honorable mentions. All right, going from five to one. Number five, quit playing games by the Backstreet Boys. Number four, You Were Meant For Me by Jewel. Number three was Creep by Radiohead. Coming in at number two was One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. And then my number one, You Get What You Give by New Radicals. Wonderful. My number five was All Star by Smash Mouth. Number four was No Scrubs by TLC. Number three was Buddy Holly by Weezer. Number two was Wonderwall by Oasis. And number one is One Headlight by The Wallflowers. It's an awesome, it's an awesome collection. It's so, so much. And then here, let's do our honorable mentions. So many. You want to go first? You want me to go? You yeah, go first. I mean, I could go first. Go I mean, let's go, for let's it. go, go for with, uh, you know, That Don't Impress Me Much or Man, oh. I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. Killer, talk, killer. talking about those. Jump Around by House of Pain. Oh, wow. Yep. That, I, that yep. was a fantastic song. Um, I had Buddy Holly by Weezer as mine. Right. Um, 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, oh, they, they, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins were kind of in there. Critical. Nir- I mean, yeah, I mean the, the analogy I heard once said if if um, if Nirvana was the Beatles in the 90s and the Smashing Pumpkins were the Doors. And, <laughs> and I think that's an apt sort of That analogy. is good. Yeah, that is except, good. Except I think they all lived in the 90s. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Um, yeah, and then you've got Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Yep. Um, and then a couple of one-hit wonders. Crush by Jennifer Page. I don't wow. Remember, you remember that one? No, you guys. It's say- just a little crush. Oh. Beautiful. Good, Every I got it. Every time you touch. Yeah, that, yeah, and I got the little... Yeah, Perfect, you nailed that. I, I sure did. And, and, and then I think my last honorable mention was Love Fool by the Cardigans. Love me, love me. Say that you love me. All right, well, I've got... Yeah, it's amazing. I've got uh, six others that we haven't touched on yet, which I think is unreal. So first off, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, actually released in 1988. Which is so weird to me because that is a 90s song. It like, is very 90s. Like through and through. Um, it definitely influenced a lot of the female singer-songwriters. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, I still, I, I love that song. Uh, Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Dun, 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 It's a bittersweet symphony. Uh, blues Traveler, The Hook. The Hook brings me back. It's kind of like that uh, jam band kind of feel. Uh, and then we didn't include Semi Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Oh, how can I forget that? I know. That, was so good. that is such a such a huge song. Again, I that mean, like, I mean, like it, it's, it's the catchiest song about drug addiction that's out there. <laughs> it's like that, again, that alt rock feeling. Uh, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. I get knocked down. Yeah. But I, I get, get up, up again. again. Yeah, and then uh, 90s song What Is Love by Hathaway. Oh yeah, I can't so yeah, so you know, much. You know, like yeah. on my head when I'm right, right. That. There's so much of that whole vein, like the Ace of Base kind of feeling of the 90s. So yeah, those are all my uh, other ones I considered my top five. But nothing tops One Headlight by the Wallflowers for me. Most iconic 90s song. And for me, I'd have to say You Get What You Give by New Radicals you get you is my definitive. Yeah, yeah. only you, fits. I'm, I'm losing my words right Only now. fits in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was good. Thanks, Sam. Now let's do, uh, let's do the other sections. Uh, what do you have for, what are you eating lately? Well, we just ate. We just we had. Sure did, we yeah. just had dinner. What did you, What did you order just a couple minutes ago? All right. Yeah. So I'm trying to watch my figure because right now my figure is round. And I'm trying to make it less so. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Um, and uh, so I had a, a, a maple grilled salmon. Fantastic. With uh, some green beans um, and some cheesy mashed potatoes. Beautiful. Uh, but I also shared some of your cheese curds. Yeah, we can't that. get cheese curds in California, so I had to get some. Uh, I thought they were a Wisconsin thing, but I mean, I was happy to see them here. And then I'm, uh, you know, I, I just had that, and it's been, it's been a great meal sharing it with you here. Yeah, what I ate lately was uh, we're at a barbecue place, so I, get, I got beef brisket. I always get the brisket. Um, and it wasn't as good as it could be, but the, but I really like the barbecue sauce here, and the baked beans I had on the side were stunning. Okay, so, so let's talk about the salsa that you put your mac and cheese. Though you kind of went, you kinda well. Like, so there was a sauce that came with the uh, with the cheese curds. It was kind of it, they call it a tomato coulis. I noticed C O U L I S, which is a French word. I'm not sure what it means. It's like a it's like a tomato sauce. You're French. I know. I don't know what coulis means though. But it, so I put it on my put it on my mac and cheese that I got. Body. Yeah, got it. I put it on my mac and cheese just as a, a little accoutrement. To my, uh, it's kind of like my... a rich man's ketchup when you think about that it. That it really—it's really what it is. It's a fancier ketchup, but it was delicious. This is place, except, except it's, it's distinctly different from fancy ketchup. Because <laughs> fancy ketchup is what they call the little ketchup packets that you get at fast food. They'll yeah. call it fancy ketchup. Yeah, so not fancy. This, this, this is a significant. It, it, it's almost like a. Um, I, I I can't think of the word for it, but it's um, not a salsa. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're looking at it right now, trying to describe. It's a, it's a chunky, it's a chunky tomato. Sauce. It's like a marin, it's like sweeter marinara sauce, is what it is. Yeah, it looks a bit like. I mean, I had it. It was great. It's delicious. I mean, I just didn't want to. You know, he, he just went all into it with his mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his own life decision. He lives or dies by that. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna do a parent corner. Uh, you've got a, you got a kid you want to talk about? I do have a kid I want to talk about, but full disclaimer, uh, I'm not a parent. Not a parent. Not so, your kid. So, so I am. I am not a parent. This is not my child. This is a, this is a child at my at my church at my home in Kalisha, Paris Avenue. Sometimes you just like for I I don't know if this has happened to you, Levi, but there's there's this one little girl at my uh, at my meeting. Her name is uh, her name is Edith. We call her Edie. Okay. Edie Sue. Um, she is kind of like she, she's like a very hyperactive version of Cindy Lou Who from How to Oh, Christmas. okay. So she's like, are she's you the Grinch? Very, usually. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Harry and yeah, curmudgeonly. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much me. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know what I did, but for some reason, this kid loves me, and every time she sees me come in, she like fist pumps and yells for him, Mom, Sam's here! Sam's here! <laughs> you know, she'll sit with me, she'll just want to sit on my lap, she'll want to get food next to me. That's great. Um, I, I came over to her house for Christmas dinner, specifically because she asked, because she said, I want you to come to my house, we can open presents and you can have Christmas dinner with me, and I'm like... I can't turn that. You can't down. say no. Like, yeah. Like, like my my level of influence in this kid's life is gonna be like a flash in a pan. Yeah, it yeah. It won't yeah. be long before she's like social and finds something new to fall into. But right now, while I'm like Love while I'm like her bee's knees, I'm just gonna like take in my moment and just. <laughs> so happy yeah, her. yeah. That's great. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, um, we had a really funny. Uh, so Pippa struggles to sleep through the night, um, which is fine. We're not. We're really not actually that stressed about it but we've been trying now like we're trying to get into like science like scientific scientifically figure out like what factors lead to a, a night where she wakes up less often so we thought we had it figured out and we were like okay let's do it all just i got this funny text from jess where she's like tonight we're doing these six things like it was like six items and i was like yes i agree like all those like work that night like the first time we're like really testing what we think is like our ironclad theory she woke up three times it was like absolutely brutal so uh but we still we don't mind it because both of us work so i think the real problem is like when she wakes up like 
one of us is kind of happy to go hold her because like we don't get to see her that much during the day so it's kind of a and she's a really cute kid I mean, uh, yeah yeah, cute, yeah. She's a stinking cute maybe kid. maybe if she was like you know 30 pounds and still doing this it might be a different thing yeah, but I mean, if she's a so five-year-old doing it pretty, some difficulties pretty right easy now, pretty easy to hold so yeah that's my, that's our parent corner uh well you got a hot sports take it's not so much a hot sports take as it is like a lukewarm sports conundrum. Okay, all right. Um, just to give you an idea of where <laughs> I'm from, while, while we are we are, we are uh, airing live on location here in the Cleveland, Ohio area, uh, and I am from Northeast Ohio, this is not my homeland. I am a pilgrim here. Uh, <laughs> I am a stranger and a pilgrim in these lands. Uh, my homeland is New York. Uh, I am from the New York, New Jersey area of the United States. You're from and, you're from Port Jervis, New York, right? It's a border town between New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, is that so right? It actually is in on the tri-state area. It's a really obscure town, but it's it's just easier for me to say like I'm like my hometown's 90 minutes from New York City. Right, 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 right. People can get behind that. Yeah. Because you start trying to get like, oh, where is it? Is it upstate? And People's definition of upstate can be anything from like 20 minutes outside of New York City to five hours north. Right, right, right. right? right. So, um, it, it, when it comes to my loyalties as a sports fan, I'm not a die-hard sports fan, but my um, my sports allegiances are, as Levi and I discussed before we started airing today, they were really predicated before I was even born. Right. Because of my nationality, which... Uh, in case, in, in case you can't tell, I am whiter than Steve Urkel in a snowstorm. Um, what? And, and my region, which is like the North Jersey area, New York area. So my, my sports teams became the New York Mets and the New York Jets. Okay. Um, which these are the teams which are sort of... These are the teams who you think are going to be good, but then figure out ways to disappoint you each and every year. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the New York Mets are the team in 2008 that had a first-place lead in the National League East and then lost every single game in September and didn't even make it into the playoffs that year. And right. actually, the Philadelphia Phillies won the series that year. Frustrating. Um, but it's expected for a New York Mets fan. And then for your Jets fans, I mean, there was a point where you thought they might be good, but then... Um, you know, you have the buck fumble. Yeah, the, the heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Um, it, 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 and it's just going to keep being replayed. Um, so my challenge comes in is that I've been in Ohio now for seven years. And I'm starting to question, you know, should I start allowing my allegiances for sports lean towards tough my one, Ohio tough one. native Tough area? one. And it's very difficult because a few years ago, I mean, the Cavs won the, uh, the, the NBA championship, and I was happy for them. But I was, you know, I was, I was, I was okay saying I'm not rooting for them heavily. But I was right. happy that they won because it was a long time. But then you got like the Indians, and now you have the Cleveland Browns and football. Oh yeah, tough. And it's tough because Sexy like the pick. Browns are getting hyped now. They've got Odell Beckham. They've got a, they've got a great quarterback. You know, one of the, they've got a. One of a good quarterback. They have an adequate rising star. Rising star. Quarterback. Rising star is fine. I'll allow that. But I mean, they said that about Derek Anderson in 2007. Look where that turned out. <laughs> so, I mean, if my my challenge lies in: Do I start allowing my Ohio native, my, my my Ohio residency, residency yeah. to to influence my sports allegiances, or do I need to wait because right now? I mean, this is a bad time. Like, if I jump in right now, yeah, this you is, can't. This you is can't. very much a bandwagon yeah. moment for you me have to say to, okay. You basically, I, I, was, I was joking with you before, you kind of have to wait till the Jets and the Mets, like, 
like make the playoffs a couple years in a row or win the Super Bowl or the World I Series. I may die. Yeah, but I mean, well, I then, may die long before. You know what? You, you, you can change your underwear, but you can't change your sports team. It's, it's, uh, that's my feeling. Who says I have to change either, Levi? <laughs> okay. Well, my hot sports take is today is the opening day of baseball. I'm always a big baseball fan. And really, to me, it, it gets exciting that summer's here. You know, it's like now, now it's really the springtime because baseball's yeah. begun. I love going to a baseball game, watching baseball. Um, so I'm going to make a World Series prediction. Well, I'm going to make two predictions. One, I'm actually going to predict that the Dodgers are going to miss the playoffs, and I'm a big Dodger fan. I'm just not feeling it this year. I don't think the energy's right. Um, I think it's weird the moves that they've made. Not really believing, not really believing in what we're doing. And uh, I think I think it, 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 the, the Rockies are a lot better. I think the Padres might even be better. A lot more motivated. So not feeling the Dodgers this year. Fading that. And my official World Series pick for any baseball fans is the Washington Nationals over the New York Yankees in the World Series. Now, why that's strange is the Washington Nationals just lost maybe their best player, arguably Bryce Harper, to like a $300 million deal to the Phillies. But I actually think the moves they've made after that were, were really good. And I think that that mojo, that feeling, leaving the team is actually going to help, help them. And we'll see them uh, get out of a tough, tough NL East uh, and have have success in the playoffs. So that's my pick: the Nationals over the Yankees. That's my hot sports take. Is the Nas- uh, I'm buying the Nationals and I'm selling the Dodgers uh, in the National League, and I'm also buying the Yankees. I mean, I I get that. I mean, to even think about the Nationals and the Yankees getting in the World Series is kind of a gut punch to a Mets fan. Yeah, tough. because it's because it's a cross city <laughs> rival and a divisional rival. Both making the World Series. I, mean, be rough. I, I already saw this twice in the late 2000s with the Phillies and the Yankees going head to head against each other twice. That would be rough. That'd be and, rough. And um, yeah, I, I, I mean that is a that 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 is a torturous World Series to think about. Yeah. But, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I, to curse I mean, you with I mean, this. You're, you're not sorry because you made that prediction <laughs> and you stand by it. But but we'll we'll just. You're right. I'm not sorry. No, I I, I know. Sorry, not sorry. Well, is there anything else we want to cover, or should we get into what we're going to plug? I mean, are there any other topics we want to cover? Ah, uh, no. I mean, I think we've got everything we want to hit here. So, I mean, I say we go into the right of the plug, then. That's not with me. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what would you like to plug? Um, I'm really excited to kind of tell everybody that I, I've started up a podcast in recent weeks, and I feel like that's been happening a lot more, especially in our uh, church community. But uh, I, I wanted to do a podcast, which is sort of like a, uh, a it's sort of like a minute meditation for the new era, for okay. for, for more yep. for a more. Uh, um, data-centric and immediate release sort of era. Um, now I, it's called Pause to Consider. Uh-huh. And it's going to be released uh, every Wednesday. And it's going to be, you know, just like a less than 10-minute devotion. You know, and, and the goal is simple. It's just to get you thinking about the Word of God. It's not to, like, give a complex sort of thought. It's not to, like, test your Bible knowledge. Right. But it's just, like, you know, to get you thinking about it and to get it into your life in some small way, whether you use it as a springboard to get you into deeper study or whether it's all you can get yourself into. Yeah. Uh, it's no, it's just great. I want to be able to do every Wednesday to be able to get people to just, like, pause and consider yeah. where they're at in their spiritual life and how they get how they can better know God and know Jesus yep. and to better implement their teachings in their lives. Yeah, well, I've, I've listened to it. I've totally enjoyed it. I think you have a real talent for this, and I'm really excited about the rest of the rest of that show. So that'll be my plug too. I don't. I uh, uh, definitely I would suggest it to anybody. It's very digestible. You're keeping it nice and nice and brief. It's really nice. It's not intimidating like maybe this podcast is sometimes. Like I don't have an hour right now, you know. But um, but no, I think it's really uh, been really, really helpful for me. And you've got a great, 
uh, mind. So that, that's I'm really happy you're doing it. So that that's definitely my plug. Pause to consider. You can search it anywhere, um, and you'll and you'll find it. Uh, and uh, and follow you on Instagram too. You have an Instagram handle for it. I, I do have an Instagram handle. Pa- as well what is as it? Facebook. Pause. Pause to consider. All all spelled out or? Uh, I think it's Chris underscore pause underscore pause to, to underscore consider. consider. And you have a Facebook group. And so yeah, you can like that to see the updates too. Yep, and I'll be able to post up new updates. I mean, you know, I'm here to take suggestions. You know, let you know. Like, what can I do better to make the Word of God more accessible to you? What can I do to make it more digestible, right. more accessible, more right. relatable? I mean, my, my goal at the end of the day isn't to promote any agenda I have. It's just to help improve your relationship with the Bible, with Jesus Christ, with God, and with your with the members of your church and your and yes. God's family. That's, Good. That, that is my overall goal. Great. Man, love it. Well, Sam, this has been a pleasure. I'm so happy we got this recorded. Uh, couldn't couldn't imagine no anybody else to do 90s songs with. I'm thankful that we were born on the same day. And uh, and uh, thanks thanks for meeting up with me. Hey Levi, it's my pleasure. Thanks for coming out to Cleveland, the host live on location here. I'm uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad to share this time with you. I'm glad to go over some fond memories with you. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's cold. It feels it's like Independence day. day. I can't get, get away from this afraid. <laughs>